Perth 6PR Afternoons with Ian Blackley for Joe McManus. Yes, good afternoon. Thanks for your company. Appreciate it. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, as usual, you can call us on 133-882 or you can text on 0487 992 Last week, uh, we heard that a New Zealand pilot was taken hostage in Papua New Guinea. And now that we've also heard in the last couple of days, an armed group have taken an Australian professor and three colleagues hostage in a remote area of Papua New Guinea. Keith Souter, Managing Director of Global Directions Think Tank. Good to catch up with you again, Keith. You well? Yes, yes, indeed. Thanks, Ian. Yep. Now, you obviously uh, heard about this. I mean, last week we sort of sort of thought, well, there's a, there's a New Zealand pilot. Uh, I think they uh, demanded sort of the Indonesians immediately withdraw from Papua and sort of basically get out of the place. Uh, this one, the latest one, the Australian professor and three of his colleagues who are actually from Papua New Guinea, um, apparently, they've asked for a uh, like a, a ridiculous sort of ransom, like a hundred million dollars or something, to be paid in the within twenty four hours. Which I mean, no one's going to be able to do that. What, what exactly is going on up there, and how successful or not are these people, and how much danger are these people going to be in? Are they serious? A, these people. Well, yes, you've got a distinction here. On the one hand. You've got the uh, New Zealand pilot who's been taken hostage on the other side of the border in West Papua. Now, West Papua is fighting uh, for an independent struggle against Jakarta. This is a struggle, depending on how you do the history, it's gone on for half a century now, for 60 years. Uh, So that's one side of the border, and that's a pretty serious issue because um, that uh, fellow is held by people with a political agenda. Now, what's happened in the last... uh, few hours has been on the Papua New Guinea side of the board, completely separate group, who I think are just common criminals, um, have uh, captured um, a, um, uh, an Australian professor and three colleagues, and also some of the locals who are helping, but they were then released. So I think that's more uh, a criminal activity, probably with a view for seeking um, payment uh, to be as to pay ransom, rather than pushing a particular political agenda. And it's interesting that in the the news that we're getting today is that the Papua New Guinea government is negotiating with the kidnappers and working through local missionaries who are already active up there in the highlands. So um, I think that probably eventually um, the professor and his colleagues will be released, but it's going to be a very uh, tense time because this is not the most hospitable place in the world to be kept as, as no. um, under lock and key. You know, it's it's a frightful area in PNG. Although I've got to say, for that entire island, West uh, Papua on one side of the border is part of Indonesia, and then Papua New Guinea, the old Australian and German territory on the eastern side of that border. This is potentially one of the richest countries in the world because of all the raw materials. It's interesting that in the 1930s, um, the airport in what is today Papua New Guinea actually had more um, planes flying in and out, uh, bringing in equipment than goods airplanes in the rest of the world pretty well combined because there was a gold rush on in what is now Papua New Guinea. And there's enough oil and natural gas in the Bismarck seat on the northern side of the island to run the island for a thousand years. So we're talking about a very resource-rich island, um, but unfortunately that it's politically very difficult uh, on both sides of the border to try to run those two respective territories. 
Absolutely. And there's been plenty of talk over the years too on the uh, on West Papua, the Indonesian side. Some of the things the Indonesian army have been doing to uh, the local population is just horrendous, isn't it? Oh, it is. Absolutely. That's why the struggle has gone on for 60 years. There are a number of people who dispute whether or not Indonesia actually got the territory quite uh, legitimately. Um, in essence, what happened is that during World War II, um, the uh, Indonesians, uh, the liberation struggle there, um, thought that they would go for independence once the Japanese had been defeated. But there was a disagreement as to whether you would just go for Javanese independence, the largest single island, or whether you'd want the entire Dutch East Indies. The um, people like uh, Sukarno said, yes, we'll go for the entire Dutch East Indies. But the Dutch did not hand over what is what, what we now call West Papua. They held on to that. But eventually, with the decolonization process taking place in Africa and elsewhere, the Dutch decided, yes, that they would have to hand it over, but there would be an international system just to check on whether the people in that end of the island, remember it's different ethnically from what you get in Java, um, and those people were prevented from having an act of free choice. And so some of their supporters for the last 60 years are saying they were cheated out of that act of free choice. Yeah, well, I've been watching that fairly carefully over the last 10 years or so, and some of the things that go on in West Papua from the Indonesian military, they, they make you sick. They just, it's Absolutely. just gut-wrenching stuff. It's just, I mean, it's, yep. you know, it's basically genocide, really. And the yeah. Indonesians are not going to hand that over. It's too rich. No, you know, right. They got rid of East Timor, Timor-Leste. They called it, in the end, a pebble in their shoe. But um, here we're talking about an incredibly resource-rich territory. The Indonesians are not going to hand that over to an independent country very quickly. No, they aren't. And what do you think about the Chinese sort of uh, getting in there too? Because they've been sort of showing <laughs> the old interesting. We've got a bit of a checkbook. What if we build this? What if we come in exactly. here and do that? We promise we'll never, we'll never do anything bad, but we'll build you this and you pay us back. But if you can't pay us back, then uh, <clears throat> we might end up owning that bit of land there. Well, look, don't wharf. forget the, the long-term agenda of China is that they want to create a sphere of influence on this side of the world, beginning in the north with China, all the way down to Australia and New Zealand, in much the same way the United States controls the Americas. That is the model that the Chinese are following, and they're doing it by virtue of money. And so they're just paying money to win friends and influence people. Mm. Now, listen, getting back to the the hostages, you say that uh, the the, the New Zealand pilot in West Papua, and uh, how long do you think this could go on for, seeing that it's political and not criminally motivated? Yeah, exactly. Any idea? No, impossible to predict. Impossible to predict. But uh, my guess is that word from the Western supporters of the um, West Papuans would be, don't kill those people because you will lose support in the Western world. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, unfortunately, the uh, professor in Papua New Guinea on the eastern side, I mean, uh, if it's criminally motivated, then maybe they don't really care, do they? They just want money. They just want the money. And at the end, it'll be a liability if they hold on to uh, him and, and the PNG government doesn't come to the party. Um, at the moment, I'm still optimistic. Uh, if they if they had intention to kill them, they would have done so immediately. But instead, it was all very well thought through. The uh, local guides were released. They obviously knew what they wanted to go for, which are these high-profile targets. They've got those. Um, I think they'll want to keep them alive while the negotiations are underway. So I'm I'm, I'm fairly positive about that uh, professor in due course being released. Mind you, it'll have to be the payment of some money. 
Yes, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, a life is worth how much. I mean, exactly right. Um, what I'm thinking, I mean, it, do you think they sort of got the idea from the hostage taken last week? Do, do you think the criminals got together and sort of thought, hey, that might be a bit of an idea? <laughs> Maybe, do, but do I think, think that that... But the the problem is you're very exposed when you're up there in the highlands. Oh, absolutely. And that you run a constant risk all the time. It's it's a very brutal existence up there in the highlands. I'm I'm not one of these people who believes that you know people living in the jungle live these wonderful sedate lives, etc. It is a tough way to live. Mm. These are tough people, and they thought, well, this might be a quick way to make some money. And they all carry machetes too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one other thing, North Korea. Now. Kim Jong-un's sister has basically come out and gone, we're going to use the Pacific as a uh, shooting range. Um, Basically, and she said that, it depends on the United States. I mean, North Korea's as satisfactory missile technology and capabilities as Kim Yo-jong. And Monday's missile launch in North Korea's third major weapons test this year. So it's only like, you know, we're three quarters of the way through February and they've had three weapons (laughs) tests already. Uh, the launch comes two days after North Korea fired an intercontinental ballistic missile into the sea off Japan's west coast. Where is this leading? Well, it means that we have to recognise that North Korea is now a nuclear weapons state. And in the same way that nobody really would want to attack India or Pakistan, we've got to accept that North Korea has gotten away with it. And North Korea will set a very bad example to other countries because it shows that if you acquire nuclear weapons, you become untouchable. So this is very bad news indeed. The Americans have tried the hardest. They've used the stick and the carrot. They've all failed. And so, in effect, the United States has said to China, this is your problem. It's in your region. You sort it out. And the Chinese are not too sure what they should do. So it's a very dangerous situation indeed. It is. Well, I noticed last week that uh, the US and South Korea got together for a bit of a head scratch about what they're going to do if uh, there is a nuclear attack on South Korea and how they're going to react. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, what the hell goes on there, but the whole thing is just ridiculous, isn't it? Who can we blame for the fact that they are nuclear, uh, they're, they're now armed with nuclear weapons now? Russia? China? Who can we, um, who can we blame? Iran? We- who is it? Well, Iran, obviously, and they also went buying stuff. My guess is some of it came from Pakistan, um, having built their own nuclear weapons. The guy who was behind it, the father of the atomic bomb, uh, then may well have been selling stuff to North Korea as well. So you've got a number of people who are responsible. um, And it just shows that if you're willing to starve your own people, you can build a nuclear weapon system. It's just ridiculous. I don't know how these people get into power and the way way they treat their... (laughs) <laughs> they're citizens. It's just beyond belief. So I don't know what we do now. I mean, what do we basically do? We're just going to be very, very careful. Otherwise, uh, little rocket man might press a button on someone. Exactly. That's the risk you run. Yeah. And the, the problem is that even if you hope that he's eventually going to be overthrown by people power or whatever, there's then the question about who gets access to nuclear weapons. I know. His sister sounds like she's worse than him. <laughs> oh, she's a very nasty piece of work. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. And, and of course he is grooming his daughter to take over from him in due course yes. the bloodline has got to run through the family and it may well be that it could be a female running it could even be the sister if the if the brother is sort of overeating and has damaged his health she could take over yeah i know we'll be in trouble then 
Okay, <laughs> Keith Suter, Managing Director of the Global Directions Think Tank. It's always great to talk to you, Keith, for your insight. Appreciate Thanks, it. Ian. Thanks, mate. Have a, good, have a good night. See you later. Bye-bye. It's uh, 19 after 2. You're on 882 6PR. And if you want to be part of the conversation, 133 882 or in text on 0487 999 882.